What's up, everybody, and welcome into Pace the Nation. Broadcasting here from Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia, in the heart of Arlington County in Clarendon. I'm your host, Chris Farley, back again for episode number 75. And of course, I've got my co-host here to my right. It's Joanna E. Russo. Joanna, what's up? Are you going to get a Halloween costume for London? I was thinking of getting a Halloween co- Actually, I'm big. I love the fall, Halloween, cross-country, football, all those things. I was thinking of getting Halloween costumes for both James and London and doing a picture bit in front of uh, our house and getting uh, Steve Lyko to come over and take Former guest Steve Lyko to come over and take a picture or two. What would they be? Would London be a, a referee? <laughs> That's a good. I, I I was not planning on a referee, but but that that'll be the costume. Uh, thank you for the suggestion. Good no idea. <laughs> good idea. Also to my left, of course, it's William E. Docs. Docs, what's up? Is this how you're informing Steve Lyko that he's doing <laughs> yes, this for you? Exactly. <laughs> like Steve, yeah. guess what? You got done gig. with that. Yeah. yeah. When and, you're done taking pictures, please rake the lawn. <laughs> and find me a referee <laughs> costume for the dog. Uh no, yeah. I you know, I think that's a good way to to kind of ask people sort of in an indirect fashion. Uh it's it's um just kind of throwing it out there. You know, it's is it sort of passive aggressive? Yeah. It's passive it's a passive aggressive way of of uh informing yeah. uh, Julie that you lost the dog. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. Not true. Dog is safe and sound at the uh, kennel right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that's a good way to get stuff out there. Like, we're, we're still looking for Doc's offense. Uh, offense, yeah, yeah. So anybody, if, if they're interested. In, it's a lot easier just to ask when it's just the three of us in here. Mm-hmm. And then you got thousands of people who download it. Hundreds of thousands. <laughs> hundreds of thousands. Mm-hmm. We can find. Just We're just looking for one. Yeah. One long fence employee to help mm. us out or whatever i don't know what other fence company i'm giving long fence yeah they out. don't have to be long fence yeah. actually long long fence is quite expensive right i'm giving uh them a lot of run here so uh yeah so if if you've got a referee outfit for my dog mm. long fence and what size your dog is about 50 pounds 50 pounds yeah <laughs> yeah anything you need joanna no i'm okay you're good okay yeah. This uh, is this is we we're replacing the running format and this is now just a a hour long Craigslist. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my god, can I tell you about something that I heard about on Craigslist? Yes. Wow, this wasn't on the agenda, but go ahead. Okay. Um you know how well, we haven't the had the agenda. Yet. I know, you know. We I'm, haven't had the agenda I, yet, so I think it, you can sneak it, it in. Make it quick. Okay. Go ahead. So, uh this guy was at the beach and he lost his wedding ring in the water and so he thought he put an ad on Craigslist so if somebody's like walking along the beach and it washes up that they know how to contact him if they find it. And then this person responded to that and they belong to an international society called the Ring Finders. So if you lose your ring, you can contact the Ring Finders and they come with their little metal detectors and they Uh. find your ring. Two hours later, he had his wedding ring. Wow. No way. Yeah. But what's crazy is that the guy was like looking on Craigslist for people who needed his services and Mm -hmm. then he helped this guy find his wedding ring. Mm -hmm. So did he find it after he knew that the guy lost it or did he find it? first he found it so he went to talk to the guy the guy roped off where he was swimming and that was his his search area and then two two hours later he found it dude we had somebody lose a wedding wedding ring ring at lake anna Anna. they they should have contacted a ring finder it's an international federation of people who find lost rings i hope they're listening yeah hey lake anna we'll tell you the address (laughs) yeah it's at the bottom of the water slide right (laughs) it was it is and you know 
when I there's go to the so beach, many scams out there. This just was a really feel good story. I thought. Uh, that's good. I mean, when I Except, go, except go ahead. The payment, the international ring fighting V. Yeah, they took his wife. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when I go to the beach, this is another pet peeve of mine I, that you're touching on. The people walking around, and maybe I'll be a little easier on, on them now with those. Metal, Metal detectors. detectors. Yeah, they <laughs> I could be a ring I look at those people like they are the biggest losers on the face of the earth. Like, uh, what are they? What are they doing? Sorry, walking around. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> walking around with metal detectors on a nice day at the beach. When I was, what in, are you finding? Like fifteen, twenty cents here and there. You're not going to find like gold bullion or anything. Uh, uh, probably not. <laughs> you're right. You're probably not going to find gold bullion. Um, when I was in high school, we went to Virginia Beach after the state meet, and there was a guy walking around with that, and I was throwing pennies in his path, and, and he saw me, and he was like, he told me where he was going to shove the uh, metal detector if I didn't stop doing that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> See? <laughs> but I, this was, but you know, when I was growing up, then we had to leave, but nowadays I could have had that guy thrown in jail for 20 years because <laughs> I was a minor. That's true. Well... Yeah, it backs up my point about those those type of people who are uh, using those metal detectors. Well, some well, of them not are... My, not my favorite. That's what you say, but when my little sister was um, at the beach once, she lost a ring right off the deck, and there was a guy walking on the beach doing that, and he came and found her ring. Okay, all right. Maybe so it not... actually worked out well that, that they were, you know, she got her ring back. Well, maybe they're not as big losers as I I know, but Maybe like nobody's offended because you hate everybody. <laughs> All, right. All right. Big show to get to today, guys. Uh, very exciting show here on episode number 75. Uh, we talked about Marine Corps Marathon last week, and we had Rick Nealis in studio. Uh, this week, we are going to have a former Marine Corps Marathon champion, 2003 champion Heather Hanscom is going to join us. She is Olympic trials qualifier who was sixth place in the Olympic trials marathon back in 2004. So just out of making the Olympic team, she's also 24 years cancer free. So we're going to talk to her about her running, catch up with her, how she's doing, uh, and, and a lot more with Heather Hanscom, who is a local Arlingtonian, which also, you know, is, is always a, always a plus. I want to talk to you guys about my trip to Lehigh. I'm, I've got some tips for uh, young dads. I went to the Georgetown Cross Country Meet this this past weekend, and finally, we're going to go over some uh, Marine Corps Marathon and New York City Marathon as we prepare for New York City Marathon. Mm-hmm. Some tips and last minute uh, things to think about here as we gear up for these fall marathons. But before that, before we bring Heather mm-hmm. in, one of us in this room is being recognized this weekend in a ceremony. Oh, no, it's not me. No, it's not me either. I know it's me. Yeah. But, <laughs> what yes. I wanna, but what I first want to talk about... Okay. All right. I do want to touch on that, though, Docs. <laughs> what I first Flying wanna, under the radar, being recognized. Yeah. But what I first want to talk about is that the 75th anniversary... Do you guys know what that is? Is it some sort of like copper or gold type thing? Is that what you're talking about? Golden diamonds. Golden diamonds. Is yeah. So if anybody wants to celebrate our 75th show, they can celebrate <laughs> gold with golden diamonds. That you found at the beach. You walk, <laughs> walking around with that dumb, dumb. Uh, it's not so dumb now, is it? Yeah. Now yeah. that we all have that's, golden that's diamond true. grills. All right. Well, somebody, and that somebody is William E. Docks, going to be recognized 
uh-huh. this weekend. Yeah. What are you being recognized for, Doc? Yeah, you don't know. All you know is that I can't go to the baseball game <laughs> right. because somebody else told you, Correct. wait, what's going on? Correct. I can't go to the baseball game either, but I know uh-huh. that he is being honored. Uh-huh. So not, this is a big Not by deal. myself. Well, wait, okay. by the Nationals are honoring you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't go to the baseball game. Oh, yeah. okay. I'm going to high school. He's going to, I'm a, going to a high school football game. Nice. Okay. And yeah. your, you and uh, your track team or cross-country team? My cross-country team nice. from high school is being recognized. Okay. So As distinguished and, alumni? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was, that's really funny for anybody who's listened to the tweets that comes right. later in the week Yeah, that we already recorded. Yeah. They're celebrating our state championship. Wow. Oh. Mm-hmm. The West Springfield Spartans mm-hmm. state championship. So if you're going to be at West Springfield's game this weekend. Already happened. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Have yeah. you been practicing your wave? I kind of haven't figured out what I was going to do. I think I'm going to go in like like one of the. I'm I'm looking at a lot of 1980s wrestling introductions. Yeah, you know, like so when they they call the the bushwhackers in, they they come in like this, like storming the 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 ring like that. Mm. Thinking about like mimicking some of those things, you know. Not that's not bad. Yeah. What are you going to wear? Are you going to wear some West Springfield Spartan garb? Should I just wear my old uniform (laughs) and spikes (laughs) or my letter jacket? That would be pretty cool if you did that. Or I might just wear like all Pace Nation stuff. Oh, can I get some Pace Nation stickers to hand out? There you yeah, go. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So that's a good idea. Yeah. So welcome everybody who got a Pace Nation sticker when when we were uh, doing the, the show West, there. at the yeah. West, at the West Springfield game. Yeah. Uh, he's meeting and greeting people. That's awesome. So you guys were state champions. I don't want to say how many years. Yeah. Ago well, it actually, was. so again, it's not just my team that they're recognizing, but they're recognizing the state champion teams from West Springfield. Okay. And we were one of them. Wow. In the state of Virginia, this was triple A back in the yeah. day when we ran. Which was the biggest. Biggest, most competitive. Yeah. Winning states in cross country here yeah. was a huge deal. It still is a huge deal. I, I, they've they've kind of changed up all the, the districts and regions yeah. and state. You know. they've, all I know is that they've made running a lot easier than right, when we right. did. Back in the day when we <laughs> ran, when you won states. Yeah. Yeah, Our course was difficult. Their course is about half a mile shorter. No question. Which explains all the faster times. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, but I looked at the course. I don't know where they cut it out. So <laughs> right. I, I don't know if there's like some sort of like, uh, I don't know. Anyway, it's tough to say, but yeah. Well, we'll you'll have to report back, Docs. Uh, he will be there handing out or was there handing out Pace the Nation stickers, shaking hands. You know what I should do is I should get, a, get one of those um, – T-shirt cannon guns. Yes. And I'll just shoot shoot Pacination T-shirts into the crowd. It's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Do we have that? Do we have that? Can we put it, pull that together <laughs> in the next uh, 24 hours? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Well, that, that is exciting. Congratulations to you and your team from uh, West Springfield. Are there a lot of folks coming in, a lot of teammates coming in from out of town? And yeah, I mean. Is it, is it, is it going to be a, a really good showing from your guys? Um, so we won – my year we won, and then they won the next two years. Mm-hmm. So, so we won three years in a row. Wow. A uh, dynasty. A dynasty. But the funny thing is only one guy was on the team the next year. So we had only one guy carry over. Usually you think the dynasty, you've got like yeah. uh, three or four kids that are just, you know, which, which is the most impressive single, thing yeah. about it, I think. Yeah, it is. Um, so that guy who was on all three of those teams, he's coming back. That's awesome. Uh, but it's also the same weekend as the Chicago Marathon. So we're losing some people who actually had already signed up for Chicago Marathon. Chicago. Oh, that's cool. So it's not going to be as many people as, as I'd hoped. But over the years, there will be a lot of people. 
And my coach will be there. Nice. And he's going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Coach Kelball. Yeah. Nice. He, he was... Greatest cross-country coach in the state one, of Virginia One of ever. the best, no doubt. No, the so, best. Sorry, Mike Mangan. Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah, sorry, Mike Mangan, but yeah, come on. He is, Kelball. He is, he is. He is very well respected, so... All right. We'll transition out of that and bring in our guest. Excited to be joined by... <laughs> it's the worst transition ever. <laughs> it is, but... We got to move on. <laughs> we'll see how she feels about millennials. Yeah, I mean, well, she ran. She's a former Virginia high school cross country athlete. We're going to bring in Heather Hanscom. She ran. Yeah, she, Hilton. She went to Hilton. Exactly. Yeah, I think her coach was also an assistant coach. My. Senior year in high school. Perfect. Well, we'll ask her about that. She's and a, focus on just that. <laughs> she's a local marathoner. <laughs> she was the champion of the 2003 Marine Corps Marathon, a 24-year cancer survivor. Inspiring story. And Heather Hanscom will tell it next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program, and now excited, guys, to be joined by, in studio, our friend, inspiring marathon runner, Heather Hanscom. I like how you're surprised that she's in studio. (laughs) I know. Heather, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We are great. Thank you for joining us. She's an Arlingtonian. You live over in Roslyn, right? I do. Mm -hmm. See? You know, you, I, that's not the heart of Arlington. It it's is. not. It, well, it, I mean, it it's is. close. I mean, Rosalind <laughs> Clarendon is pretty close. Already, our audience is going to like her. An Arlingtonian. <laughs> I mean, come on. I was just going to say it's not the heart of Arlington debate. All right. No, no. Let's, we have limited time with with Heather. Uh, she's uh, just come off of a uh, a twenty four hour work session. Mm-hmm. So. You're running. There's a lot of things we want to talk about with you about your running and what you've done and what you're currently doing. But catch us up on or, or tell our audience, like, what what's going on with with 24 hour work? What 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 do you do? What is I just can't even in a fathom, row. I Farley can't, can't do 24 that. hours in a week. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, I'm a physician assistant at Prince George's Hospital, and I cover neurosurgery, maxillofacial, ophthalmology, ear, nose, and throat, and plastics. All right, so, so 24 we hours last yeah, night. 24 hours, yeah. 7 a.m. to 7.30 a.m., yeah. About, wow. Yeah. Wow, so... That sounds like half an hour. <laughs> no, 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 it's like actually 7 a.m. from one day <laughs> to... 7.30 a.m. Yeah. the next day. Half yeah. an hour would be nice. But. Wait, so, th- so that's just a half an hour budgeted for lunch or something? No, right. that's, that's a half an hour budgeted for sign out where we get to tell our, our uh, uh, incoming person about the, all the, the patients turnover. that we have. The turnover. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Exactly. Well, thank you for joining us. I know you've got to be exhausted. From How many days a week do you work? Um, typically, we work <laughs> four shifts in a two-week period. Okay. So sometimes they get bunched together. Sometimes you have the next week off. Wow. Which is that, glorious. That's, that's really nice. <laughs> and hopefully you have uh, that week off. You can do a, a, lot of, a lot of training during mm-hmm. that time. Um, what's going on? So that's going on with your work. What's going on with your running? How's running going now? Running's going really well now. I'm healthy for the first time in a long, long time. Um, yeah, so that's, it's nice. It's, it's nice to get back out there. I'm doing a fraction of what I'm used to doing, but I'm running smart and I'm, you know, doing the best I can. Good. So so you, you, you are doing some races still. And you mentioned Mm -hmm. before we came on there, what race are you looking to, to do? Um, the Marine Corps Turkey Trot in November. Awesome. Well, that's good. So 
Yeah, you're not running quite as much as, as you used to, uh, you, you just mentioned. I, I was reading a number of things about you on, on the, the Internet. There's mm-hmm. crazy stuff on the Internet. <laughs> one, one thing said you were running 120 miles with Jack Daniels at one point. Uh, 150 yeah. 150 yeah. with Jack yeah. Daniels Jack Daniels not the not the drink she wasn't drinking Jack. we've referenced yeah. Jack Daniels yeah, before yeah. Yeah. <laughs> although we also referenced was... the guy who ran the Appalachian Trail who was fueled on beer yes so that's true that's, that's yeah, there is so some science be. behind both Jack Daniels so so, so <laughs> Jack was your coach at one point running uh-huh. as much as 150 miles a week mm-hmm. wow mm-hmm. and that was back when you were training in uh, in Arizona mm-hmm uh, you before that you trained with uh, Coach Matt Sensuitz here and and you know I said I was doing some internet research and and on your USATF uh, profile page it says that you worked part time at Pacers running I, I love that That's, <laughs> you used to do that Man. I used to do that yeah that yeah. was that, those were those were dark days for you I'm sure <laughs> did they also days. make you do 24 hour shifts <laughs> <laughs> no fortunately not. All right. Well, we'll we'll uh, get into uh, some some running talk here with with Heather Hanscom. Uh, so take us back to 2003 as we get uh, ready for a lot of our our listeners are going to run the Marine Corps Marathon. So that was your first uh, marathon, and mm-hmm. you were training pretty seriously with Coach Matt Sensowitz, right? Yes, I was. And uh, getting ready to try to qualify for the Olympic trials. Um, Tell us about your first marathon experience from your perspective. Um, from my perspective, actually, it started the year before I watched the Marine Corps. And then I went into when I was working in the lab, I went into the lab and I thought I could do that. But I think those people are a little crazy. <laughs> and then I started running with Coach Matt um, that next March. And I went to the running camp at New- in Newport, Rhode Island. <clears throat> and he sat down, he sat me down and said, I think you should run a marathon which in Coach Matt's terms means you're going to run a marathon if you'd like any say in it, like speak now or forever hold your peace. Yeah, and so. we've had, of course, Coach Matt on the show. So love, our listeners know. I love Coach Matt. Yeah, our, of Coach course. Matt. Our listeners know Coach Matt. That was episode, mm-hmm. uh, I don't remember what episode he was on. He's a two-time guest. Two-time guest, yeah. Yes, his first episode was episode seven. Yep, and then episode 57. And he came back on episode 64. 64. You know yes. how it's easy to remember? No. Eight squared. Okay. Eight squared. And he was on. You'll never forget. I will never forget. now. (laughs) So, so, but yeah, of course, love Matt. And so when he says you're doing (laughs) something, you're doing something. Exactly. And so I chose Marine Corps and I thought, I think George Banker could help me get in last minute because this was about a month and a half before the race. (laughs) So I don't think I'd ever run. Well, I'd never raced longer than a 10 mile. So I didn't really know what I was doing. But, uh, but you, you must have had some pretty good confidence uh, going in and knowing that you could run pretty fast because you ended up running the second fastest time ever in Marine Corps history, 237.59. I mean, unbelievable. Shattering <laughs> like, you know, the, the, the Olympic trials mark, which was what? At, at the time, you were trying to run 250 to make the Olympic trials or something like that? I think for the B standard and A standard, it was like 240-something. Okay. I don't remember. So was that a real shock that you were able to run like six minute pace? Um, it was actually because I didn't want to get too caught up in what pace I was running. So I, um, I went out in the first mile in about five fifty two and thought, oh, coach is going to kill me. <laughs> and then um, I slowed it down from there and realized that I don't ever run a race to play it safe. I'd rather 
drag myself across the finish line in a miserable death and right. sandbag it. So um, I just turned it into a game and I just kept, I, I think my goal pace was 620 or six. I don't remember what it was, but I just kept tabs of like a running tally of how much, how many seconds I was under each mile <clears throat> and then kept going from there. So I actually had no idea how fast I was running or what I was, what I was doing. Yeah. It was just a game. I implemented a similar strategy driving across the country. <laughs> Did you? Uh, yeah, trying to keep track of like how how fast I could get a hundred miles. <laughs> That's a yeah. good game. It's a lot it's easier fun. when it, the car is doing the work, though. Well, it just I think it's a similar philosophy. Yeah. It just helps uh, the time go by. That's exactly. true. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you you run two thirty seven fifty nine, mm-hmm. which nobody expected you to run. Then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, it turns the heads of people who are you know, uh, I don't know. The let's run dot comers of the mm-hmm. world was let's run. Uh, yeah, it was around at that point. We mm-hmm. had Rojo on the show. I remember they started exactly 16 years ago. Yeah. So uh, so they were around. And, mm-hmm. and so all of a sudden you are a stud marathoner and you didn't even think of yourself as a marathoner. How was that? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was weird. And I didn't really like it. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't like it. No. I would love it. (laughs) Why why didn't you like it? Yeah. Um, What what were you before that? I mean, I'm just me. Like a a 10K runner? Oh, yeah, totally. I was going to be a 10K runner. 10K track. Yeah, exactly. So that was a little bit of a a shocker, I think. I didn't really anticipate that one. But even coming into the marathon, they they asked me to do some events and stuff. That's how they let me into the marathon. and. Mm -hmm. Showing up and it was oh you're the one that's gonna win I'm like ooh I'm the one that hopes I hopes I finish right <laughs> this is your first marathon first. yeah right <laughs> so it was uh it was actually I had a conversation with your dad at the expo Chris mm-hmm. and uh it, it, a conversation with him that actually made me feel okay with everything so and then I just had fun oh that's awesome so, that's really cool yeah. that's I, I didn't yeah. know that story that really gives me chills that yeah. you my dad was a couple times he ran Marine Corps a couple times and. You know, he thought he was, he knew it all since he ran about uh, two hours slower than you did. But <laughs> <laughs> well, what, did, what did he say to you that made you feel okay to run the marathon? Um, it was, I don't know, there was just some people, um, some Amer- the marathon officials were like, oh, she's the one that's going to win. And, and, he, and he was really excited and he could tell that it just, it just bothered me. And he just said something along the lines of, you know, we still love you. Like, it doesn't matter if you win, if you win or you finish, like you're going to do a good job. You're going to do the best you can. Oh, and that's, that's what awesome. we really, that's what yeah. we're really excited for. So that's really cool. That, that, yeah. My dad was kind of a calming force. That's really, mm-hmm. that's a good story to hear. Mm-hmm. So kind of things change for you as a runner. I remember the night of you winning the, the, the marathon, you, you go on CNN. <laughs> we went to I CNN. Mean, <laughs> I mean, what's that like? Or how, how did... I was so, I remember I was laying on the couch. You were calling all your friends. My sister yeah. came with us. And was yes. Like, I mean, she ran the marathon a couple hours slower than I did. And yeah, I don't know. It was just. I went with her to CNN that night. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I glommed on, obviously, because I was like, let's. <laughs> <Yes>. Oh, Cal <laughs> Surprise. <Yeah. laughs> How can I get in on this? Hey, I know the winner. I'm friends with the winner here. So, yeah. yeah so you go to, go on CNN and then all uh-huh. of a sudden you are this marathoner. So that is a, that is a big shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. You ultimately win there, uh, second fastest time in Marine Corps Marathon history, mm-hmm. amazing, and then move on to the 2004 Olympic Marathon trial. So that's mm-hmm. got to give you some confidence uh, trying to make the team for Athens. I mean, mm-hmm. probably from not even thinking about it to thinking, wow, I've got a shot to go to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Is that sort of the thought process? 
Um, it was more of the thought process of maybe one day I'd like to make a team. Mm-hmm. If I work really hard to, I might actually have a shot at this. And um, You mean if you have more than a month and a half to train for it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Four months, five months, I think. Um, so, yeah, it was a different. It was also because there were a lot of more expectations and I, it was learning how to balance that and um, – I don't know, learning how to balance and then ignore all of the expectations. And really the only expectations that mattered were mine and my coaches and my teammates and, and, you know, my support team at Pacers, like that's what really mattered. And so learning how to balance that with the outside, you know, people who are just, I appreciated all the support, but just to like, I just want to do my thing. You know, at the end of the day, I have to be happy with how I do regardless of what anyone else Yeah, thinks. and it, you were really a humble person and it, it, which is awesome. It was just a great thing about you. And, Flying under the radar really fit your personality, mm-hmm. and uh, you really did fly under the radar. So the the race was in St. Louis, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so take us through a little bit of that um, and what your expectations were and then how it all shook out. Um, the Olympic marathon trials I'm talking about here. Yes. Yeah. Um, my expectations were that I wanted to leave it on, the, like, everything on the course. I just wanted to do the best that I could. And I had a lot of family and friends out there, and... Um, Coach Matt did a really good job mentally getting me prepared. I mean, physically, I was in the best shape of my life. And mentally, he just really, I don't know, helped me be be very prepared for that. And then it was more of a, instead of playing the uh, how fast am I running each mile game, because they had the... (laughs) They had uh, the the kilometer markers and the mile markers oh, out wow. there, and when you're a little delirious, it's really hard to keep track <laughs> to of which, one, which, one's which, which yeah. one is which. So I just kept telling myself, you know, here comes the dark horse, here comes the dark horse, and I would just, I we ran a mile around the track like everybody, and then we fit through like to a, start the race. To you start the race, wow, yeah, the first mile weird. was on the track, okay. and then we had to all squeeze onto this one, go through this one little gate, and then make a right angle turn to on a bike path. Wow. Wait, yeah. you guys did a high school cross country race, not uh-huh. an Olympic trials. <laughs> this is insane. Well, for, yeah. and then we turned left, and then it was the real Olympic race, and we ran over to the Criterion course and did the loop on the course. And right. The course was beautiful. It was just that little first two miles was little. That's crazy. Little, little yeah. Sketchy. So you have to like get out and make sure yeah. that you get good position. This is crazy. Yeah. Like, it's the so. fifteen hundred meters where you're trying to get in position. All right, so you get in good position. You're the dark horse. You're moving up along the way. Yeah, I counted how many people were in front of me, okay. and then I just each lap, I just tried to catch another person or many as many people as I could. And so. there's three laps of this uh, mm-hmm. Criterion course mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're counting people down. How 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 close did you get to th- the third place? Um, I actually caught up to Magda and Jen. Um, Ryan's who was eventually third and I was doing really well and I caught up to them and was feeling very strong and plugging away. And then a couple miles later it was, um, oh, something's wrong with my feet. <laughs> so you're in contention at the Olympic marathon trials, mm-hmm. which is incredible. Someone mm-hmm. who just decided to run a marathon and then just, you know, kind of jumps in it and then sets the second best time ever in Marine Corps history. And then... Uh, you're out there counting kilometers or miles, not sure which, no. <laughs> and then you're and then you're up there with the elites. Mm-hmm. So you're you you had uh, an issue with your foot, and yeah, I, I guess it's a it's a good cautionary tale for uh, yes. for first timers. This is your second marathon, so I mean you're not a veteran marathon. So then for second timers, yeah, for second, second timers, timers too. Exactly. What was going on with your foot? So 
I had this brilliant idea that made complete sense in my head Mm -hmm. on the starting line for the race that in college, I never wore socks when I ran, when I raced. Right. The only reason I wore socks in Marine Corps is because my shoes were new. So I should take my shoe, my, take my socks off. So I took my socks off. I don't know what I did with them. Tossed them (laughs) at the start. And I did not wear them in the race. I will say that. And then I guess it was mild. 2022 i'm not really sure where i caught up to them and where it started falling apart but i had no skin on my feet when i finished and i bled through my shoes and oh. it was a, uh, <laughs> it hurt a lot so i remember so. seeing video of you you were kind of i mean your gait was definitely yeah, changed it was uh it was it was sore and so, you and you've never blamed that in, in mm-hmm. interviews and talking to you since you've obviously never blamed that uh mm-hmm. as the reason why you didn't make the team but i certainly do you would have made that team <laughs> had you worn socks <laughs> <laughs> i worn socks i it was a potential that i i could i think i could have made the team but but you still ran amazing uh, ran amazing sixth place at the olympic marathon trials in 2004 a time of 231 53 I mean, just unbelievable to PR by six minutes. Uh, that's about a 550 per mile clip there. What's your PR, Farley? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so this is funny. <laughs> I'm, glad we, I'm glad you mentioned this. Uh, you know, Heather and I always were, yeah. were, 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 had this conversation that mm-hmm. uh, who had the better PR. I ran uh-huh. 231.45. So uh-huh. I'm eight seconds faster than her. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, but you had socks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, so just an amazing, uh, amazing race, Heather, uh, really an inspiring, uh, you know, inspiring story. A lot of people took notice. They were like, who is this person? Mm -hmm. She was wearing a Pacers jersey in this, Mm -hmm. uh, in this race, Mm -hmm. uh, who finished sixth place. So it was made Pacers jersey. Yeah. Especially made (laughs) Pacers jersey. Uh, so as we talked to Karen O'Connor, uh, in, in a previous episode about the Olympic trials and running the Olympic trials, there's a lot of standards that you yeah. have to follow uh, when you got your when you got your jersey. So uh, we did special make that one, mm-hmm. and I was as I was watching the race, I wasn't there unfortunately, but I was watching the race on TV. I was like, wow, I'm glad we went through the the, the extra step of making a jersey to put our, our logo on it because she was right on the in the mix and and on the video. So that was really cool. Um, so we we uh, before you came on, we talked a little bit about um, Virginia high school running and i wanted to touch on this you don't talk a lot about this because you don't like to promote yourself and and all that but you were a high schooler because she is the exact opposite of you <laughs> right, right, exactly right. you guys are exactly. two ends of the spectrum <laughs> right but you were a high school runner at hilton high school mm-hmm. here in uh here in virginia mm-hmm. and you know regular high school life runner until 1992 mm-hmm. tell us about that um, I was a freshman in high school, and uh, for about a year, I'd been having pretty bad headaches. I'd had other symptoms, and um, over the summer, I'd gone into Primus, which is the outpatient medical clinic, to get these headaches evaluated, and they told me I had ear infections, and then my freshman year, um, I went in to, again, and it was very crowded, and they um, called a neurosurgeon in um, to help cover and see patients and she picked up my file off the chart and found that uh that's when she knew something was wrong and i had uh, i went to walter reed and i had a brain tumor so so this was just by chance it was by chance wow mm-hmm. yeah it was by chance wow that's awesome that is inc- that's, it's, it's incredible <laughs> yeah. that um 
how did that feel as like a you know a freshman in high school? I mean, I remember my freshman year in high school. I, I wanted to run fast and not be awkward in front of girls. <laughs> <laughs> and you're dealing with a lot Valiant of different goals. Yeah. Goals. <laughs> yes. Did not accomplish either of those goals. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, how is that as a fourteen? I mean, fourteen year old. 14. I mean, that is really heavy stuff. Um. It is a lot. It's it's a lot. You learn a lot very quickly about yourself and what's important. And um, it was more of confirmation of I already knew something was really wrong. Um, and it was, yeah, this is it. I mean, this is it. it is, this is what it is. And I don't know. Go from there. Yeah. I mean, so it, it obviously very scary. And you have surgery. How soon after you find out uh, that you have the tumor? Um, <clears throat> so we found out. Sunday night, they let my dad show me on the CAT scan, and I had surgery Tuesday morning. Wow, that mm-hmm. quickly. Yeah, yeah. How involved is that surgery? How long does it take? Um, it was a pretty all-day so I actually don't know how long it was, but Dr. Eklund, who did the surgery, I actually met him two summers ago. Again, mm-hmm. I saw him again. Um, and... I mean, do you want to know the details? I can tell you what they do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what are they, what are they, I mean, yeah. You, they make an incision across your head like a headband and mm-hmm. they pull your scalp down and then they saw like a pie shaped bone out and then they take the tumor out. And then Maybe they, I didn't want to know. I'm getting kind of put, a little woozy here. <laughs> put you back together. <laughs> wow. And there we go. <laughs> so that's that's incredible uh how long was the the recovery for you i mean you're you're we're not talking about trying to get back to running at, at hilton high school we're talking about just getting back to being able to be normal walk or whatever mm-hmm. um i was actually on the tennis team at the time i was okay. a terrible tennis player mm-hmm. um i was really good at running to get the ball but after that right. was anyone's right. guess <laughs> right. so um i was in the hospital i think for two weeks afterwards and um and then i went home and i was homeschooled for um through Christmas, I think. I think I went back to school in January, or right around Christmas time, I went back to school. Um, yeah, and it was more of like the bone was really fragile, and I couldn't get bumped around, and mm-hmm. I was really tired. I had no focus. What it was in my frontal lobe, which is your higher reasoning, organizational thought, emotional control. So I was kind of all over the place for a little while. How soon could you run after the surgery? How soon was I supposed to run? (laughs) (laughs) Both. Yeah, you're not one for following the the rules totally in terms of when you should run and when you're supposed to run. Um, I I was not supposed to do anything really for six months to let everything heal. Um, It was a really good winter. We had a lot of snow. I may or may not have gone sledding. Right. With with or without a sled. (laughs) That's not good for the frontal lobe. It is really, really not good. (laughs) But you could also blame the frontal lobe for doing (laughs) that, right? That's also true. Hey, Doc, it's not my fault. You took this out. Exactly. You got a little squished in there. So um, I think it was was spring when I actually joined track. Okay. I was atrocious. I mean, it was... Our dog got out once, and I ran across the street to get her and drag her back. And I thought I was going to die. Laid on the lawn for like half an hour. It was it was it was tough. So it was a long it was a long time it until a, you could. I mean, you yeah. had a pretty good high school career and went on to run at uh, JMU. So obviously, which will make intern Kelly happy. Yeah, intern <laughs> Kelly went to JMU. Yeah. So awesome. I mean, obviously, you were able to progress well and um, mm-hmm. and and run well. So how mm-hmm. soon were you running fast times or competitive high school times? Um, I think that my freshman year, it was just trying to get around the track, not embarrass myself too badly. Um, and then I worked really hard over that summer. And as a sophomore, I made the varsity team 
in cross country. So, um, and that was, the, it was the, a big deal for, for me at least. Um, and we won states that year as a team in cross country. So, wow. We were talking about st- winning, winning states. state yeah. champions yeah. in Virginia. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a big, yeah. that's a big triple A or triple A triple uh-huh. A. Wow. Mm-hmm. Weren't you guys double A at one point? I don't think at so. Hilton. I don't know. Uh, I don't wow. know my age. We talked about so West Springfield one one before you came on. We talked uh-huh. about Docs's he, he his team won AAA states as mm-hmm. well. Entry, yeah. wow. Okay, I guess your winning states isn't so such a big deal. They just we just have guests who win AAA <laughs> states all the time. Twice you know? in a row. Yeah. <laughs> Twice in a row. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I I also said in the pre thing I think that we had a mutual coach. My last year, Chris Stallings was a, an assistant coach at our school, and I think he also coached you at some point as well. Like, he went to Hilton yeah. afterwards. Yeah, he came, um, and he took over for uh, Dave Davis when Davis went to Georgetown. And so he was, I think, my senior year, indoor and outdoor track. I don't think cross-country, but indoor and outdoor track for sure. We have, like, the same story. Senior yeah. year, Chris Stallings exactly. was there. I, I would love to tell, <laughs> ask more questions, but Joanna hates it when I talk about Northern Virginia. So <laughs> I'll turn it back over to Chris. Well, how was it? So when you when, when you're running, did you feel like I'm the cancer survivor runner? Uh, was that in your mind, or were you just trying to as you go through high school and college, or is that even not not even part of what you're thinking? Um, not necessarily. Well, first of all, I didn't really tell anybody at all, mm-hmm. even when I had had my head shaved and you know I wore really? scarves. Yeah, I was. I didn't want to be that girl with cancer. I didn't okay. want to be treated any differently. I figured. Whatever time I had left, I just wanted to enjoy it and do the best that I could. And if it was limited, I was going to I was going down swinging, and I still think that. But um, yeah, I just it, I didn't ever toe the line thinking, you know, I'm a brain tumor survivor, I'm a cancer survivor, I'm going to do this. It was more of I've been given this time, I've been blessed with this opportunity, like I'm going to make the most of it, and that's that's all there is to it. So you said you know you want to make the best of what limited time. I mean, was there like doctor saying this is, you know, th- this is the life expectancy or this is the pro- long-term prognosis. Um, the pro it's a very, the tumor that I had is a very rare type of cancer and it's very aggressive and the, um, survival rate was, um, less than 25% at wow. five years. And the prognosis for those who do make it five years is fair to poor because it comes back and it metastasizes and, um, it's very, unfavorable um and about a year later they thought it came back and i did x-rays and blood work and ekgs and um i distinctly remember one of the residents telling me well at least you made it a year like good job wow. you know it was very much um wow you made it a whole year that's that's amazing and um and i've had some i haven't ever talk to them or, or told anybody else about them, but I have had some scares, mm-hmm. um, along the way, you know, I'm 24 years of cancer free, but it's been, yeah, congra- uh, congratulations <laughs> on that. That's <laughs> awesome. You. She, she celebrates her cancer free year every year, every year with a mm-hmm. run, mm-hmm. the pace, the nation crew. And I was invited and I'm sorry, the pace, the nation crew and myself couldn't make it out to yesterday's That's run. Okay. It was really early before my I shift. Was, so I was, I was babysitting at five thirty in the morning. <laughs> If it's your kid, it's not babysitting. <laughs> oh, I keep forgetting that. story. That's your job yeah. to watch your kid. That's true. Um, but you have an am- amazing attitude about it. In 25 years, the Pace the Nation crew will be on this, this run. Um, 
So how you how you feeling twenty four years later? I mean, generally you look fit. You're running. You're. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one would ever know. So how mm-hmm. are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Yeah, I'm feeling. I'm feeling great. Everything's kind of falling into place. I don't. I don't want to use that term because I've worked really hard to get to where I am and to get through things. Um, but yeah, I mean, running's going well. I'm enjoying life, and you know, work is going well. It's exciting and. Yeah. And how, how do you happy. think that run, how do you think running has really helped you? I mean, because this is a I couldn't I couldn't handle what you've handled, like you know, and and a lot of people I think really couldn't. In all seriousness, how do you think running has helped you through these twenty four years of, mm-hmm. of being a cancer survivor? I mean, that's the one thing that was taken away from me when I was I was not allowed to run. I was specifically not allowed to run, and I mean, it's it's just to be able to get up and go for a run when you don't feel like it or go for a run when you feel, when you do feel like it and you feel amazing and, you know, racing and workouts and just pushing yourself to the limits. And then, and then a little bit further is, is to me the best, it's the best thing. And so to be able to do that is, that's, what's really important. I get really antsy when I can't run too. Right. So. right. No, I, I <laughs> definitely, I, I know you and I, I definitely think it is the exact medicine that you need mm-hmm. is to be mm-hmm. able to to run. And it's so frustrating when I see you're injured because I'm mm-hmm. like, this person should be the one who <laughs> doesn't have to deal with the nagging injuries. Forget the brain tumor. You get this, this little <laughs> nagging thing here and there, which is super frustrating. But uh, you, you really don't promote, I mean, not that you don't promote the, 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 the tumor or that what you've gone through, but you really don't use it as a platform. Why, mm-hmm. why, why is that? I don't know. I, I'm much more because you're, you 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 really. Out. I mean, you you were sixth place at the Olympic tri- trials <laughs> in the marathon. Yes. I mean, that, that's a, and, and no one really even knew that you were a brain tumor survivor. No. And I mean, that's incredible in itself to survive. You know, twelve, fifteen years at the time of a brain tumor, which you had a twenty five percent chance of surviving, and then on itself, incredible to finish sixth at the Olympic trials. But you you never. That's just not what you, you you've done is is put yourself on that platform and promoted yourself or talked about it why is that i don't know i mean that's just not really my style i just like to i just like to do the best that i can and i think part of it for me is i feel very i mean I, I posted something about it on facebook today and i've gotten amazing feedback from friends and family and you know we used to go for runs around when people did find out my story when we'd go for runs around dc and training runs and people random people would just you know they would cheer for me and it's very surreal to think that, you know, people who I don't know take the time out to read my story, which on one one hand, it's a good thing and it, it's good for our sport. And it's, you know, people tell me I've helped them through things or know that they could get through things, which is very humbling in itself. But it, I also feel that I have everyone fooled. You know, I'm, I'm just <laughs> I'm just me. I just do the best that I can. And there's nothing exceptional or, or brave about that. I just do the best that I can. And so, I mean, part of me thinks, you know, maybe I should have used it as a platform and talked about, you know, raise awareness for brain tumors and, you know, cancer survivors. Um, but that's not really, I don't, I don't, know, I don't really feel like by tooting my own horn, that's how I, yeah. that's not how I do things. And so I'd rather kind of do it on the side and I do it with my patients and I can see it in their faces and, and I've gotten amazing feedback from them and, you know, they may or may not know that I'm a cancer survivor, but I've been able to use my experiences to help them through things. And that's, for me, what it really is all about is how I can help other people. And it doesn't have to be, look at me, look, right, look what I've done. Right. And, 
it can be kind of quiet and on the sidelines. Yeah, I definitely think that's more your personality. Uh, your friends and family have been amazing support yes. throughout uh, both your running career, mm-hmm. you know, through your uh, being a, a brain tumor survivor. Talk about, uh, you know, your, your, your friends and family. I mean, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, unconditional support, whether it's, you know, trying to make a team or trying to make it to the next day. It's just, it's a, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal thing. Yeah. You, you, I see her um, at, at Capitals games. She's a big Caps fan oh, with, yeah. with her yes. dad. Yes. And her dad is the most positive guy uplifting yeah. guy and i so i can kind of see where you get it from and he's a runner too mm-hmm. that's how i started running yeah i mean yeah. he doesn't run as fast as, as heather no. but uh <laughs> yeah so i mean he has been an unbelievable supporter mm-hmm. buys his shoes from pacers too which is kind of cool because <laughs> <Yes>, he does <laughs> and my sisters <laughs> no and your sisters are, are, are phenomenal customers but but i mean they support you but they're phenomenal they <laughs> customers too all right, so you're still training and, and running. It's not quite as much um, as as you uh, did in the past. Do you feel like you've accomplished everything that you wanted to as a runner? As you, I mean, you're not done running by mm-hmm. any means, Mm-mm. but do you feel like you've accomplished everything you've you've wanted to, or feel like you could have accomplished? Part of me wonders what I could have done if I had not had the health issues I had would had after the trials after this, and, and we're not talking the anything about the, the 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 tumor um i've been cancer free but some of the repercussions i've have mm-hmm. have been mm-hmm. related to my tumor got it yeah so um and you know part of why well, i was when i was on training with the nike farm team out west and in flagstaff and in california and oregon um you know, part of me wonders you know if i had been 100 percent healthy if i hadn't been a brain tumor survivor or you know had to deal with these repercussions what could i have really done but at the same time i think you know, these are the cards I was dealt and it's my choice on how I, how I play these cards and it's a choice I make every day. So I don't think that I'm, I'm done and I, you know, I would have liked to have made an Olympic team, but I can walk away knowing that I laid it on the line and that's, you know, that's all you can ask for in any situation in life. And so, I mean, I still have some goals. We'll see what happens, but. Do you want to run another marathon? I do. Or is that hard to run 231 and then, you know. But you do want to run another one. Do you want to run a marathon with my bib? <laughs> he's, got, he's got a Marine Corps. He's trying to unload this Marine Corps bib. I do not. No, yeah. Not this year. Yeah, but you do want to run another uh, Plus, marathon. I don't want to get banned from the race. <laughs> right, exactly. No, we do everything on the up and up. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Everything okay. on the up and up. Okay. Right. Um, not this year, but uh, I do. I would like to run another marathon. And I mean, I don't want to go out there and just go for a long run i mean to me that's not the point of if you're going to toe the line you're i mean you're out for blood mostly your own but <laughs> right, right you know but um yeah you're going out there to do the best you can so i would like to be competitive and have it you know have a shot and you know putting myself through the ringer yeah but um which i'm definitely not ready to do right now right in, in the, on the marathon level but um yeah i think one day for the next year or two I'd like do you, to do do that you again. think you can handle it with with your full-time gig now and all that you got going on in life I think I'm learning to balance things mm-hmm. a little better than I did before. Yeah. Before it was very running focused and um, I'm very type A personality and it was a little, it was very heavy on the running, but learning to balance things and I think can actually help you running and I'm older now and I'm, you know, I'm healthy. I'm, I think I'm actually healthier now than I was when I ran Marine Corps and when I ran the trials. I know I'm healthier now than I right. was when I ran the trials. So it's awesome. All right. Well, Heather, you've seen like 
super happy. You're always a happy person. You're always <laughs> yeah. a happy person. But it's so good to see, and you seem super happy. I so am. I'm very happy. That yes. is that is awesome. Um, I know you really didn't want to do this, so I really appreciate <laughs> appreciate. It. And that's one thing that that I definitely love about you is that you you aren't a me 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 self promoter. So I appreciate you sharing your story uh, on our show. You can find her story a couple places. The Runner's World did a profile of you. You've got mm-hmm. a, a good bio on uh, the uh, on the USATF site, and of course, you can find uh, your your times and information about you on the Marine Corps Marathon site. Since mm-hmm. you did run the second fastest time ever, it's got to be the fastest debut of a marathon. I've never heard of anybody running that fast as a, a de- debut. So we'd have to ask Joanna. She knows ever. all the all the track stats. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it was an incredible debut, and this was back when people weren't running, women weren't running that as fast mm-hmm. as they are now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was really. I, I remember seeing you finish, and I was like, "You're like the sixth guy in the race, or something." <laughs> it was incredible. <laughs> yeah. It was incredible. So, uh, an awesome career. A lot more uh, to come from you. We look forward to seeing uh, what marathons next. Uh, and congratulations on 24 years of cancer free. That really just gives me Thank chills. It, it is. It's awesome. We will be there next year for the run. This, the, what's 25 years centennial. Is that the, is that the big, uh, centennial? Are you serious? <laughs> oh my God. Can you believe we've made it through 75 shows <laughs> with this guy? It's almost your centennial. <laughs> almost. <laughs> we could edit that out or not. We could, but we're not going to. <laughs> what's 25? What's 25 years? It's a, all right. It's a quarter century, a qu- quarter century. Quarter century. Yeah. Congratulations on that Thank and all you. your success. Very super happy for you. Uh, this wasn't so bad, was it? It wasn't bad. Thank All you. Right. All right. That's Heather Hanscom. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate Thank it. Thank you guys. You're welcome. Thanks. All right. There she goes. That's Heather Hanscom. This is Pace the Nation. We'll be back after this. All right. Welcome back to the program. <sighs> Thanks to Heather Hanscom. For joining us here on Pace the Nation, uh, really fun guest, and I was looking for something other than Centennial. It was the, the silver XXV XXV. Yeah, it's a silver the anniversary. Silver anniversary. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was looking for, uh, and I just couldn't couldn't remember it. You know, it's it, it's kind of hard to think on your feet sometimes here. So yeah. But uh, anyways, that is awesome. Her story is amazing. A not often told story, uh, but but really cool. Great to have her on the show. Yeah, I found it very surprising that someone who wants to keep a low a low profile would come onto a show with hundreds of thousands of listeners. <laughs> That's a good point, <laughs> right? Yeah, that is very very true. Uh, so we talked a lot about the Marine Corps Marathon. People are preparing for the Marine Corps Marathon, and this group here is preparing for the New York City Marathon. How's your preparation going, Joanna? 
Um, it's it's going pretty well. Uh, I'm actually starting to feel positive about the marathon. Nice. Yeah. So, um, I what went, a change. Yeah. Well, I mean, the weather changes, of course. Her attitude changes. She's got a different glow about. Yes, her. it is cold out. Like it, you couldn't, she's wearing not, a long sleeve shirt. It's not cold. Today. It's it's chilly. It's, it's more. It's normal weather. I was actually saying the other day that it is appropriate summer weather at 70 degrees. Yeah. So, but we're we're in default. But I went to see Doctor Beck. Good. Um, yeah. So Doctor Beck gave me. Uh, I need to work on my Achilles and my heel, but it's kind of amazing to me how quickly things can turn around because two weeks ago I couldn't even run a mile in eight minutes <laughs> and wow. now I did a workout yesterday at, at like 730 miles so it's really quick it's like funny how it's quickly awesome. fitness catches up with you yeah you had it in the bank so that's good I mean I, I, I truly believe I subscribe to that theory that you can't take just one workout and say, all right, that well, is I had a, a lot of bad workouts. Well, all right, fine. <laughs> you can't take one, two, or three workouts. It's a collection of all that you've done. And it's cumulative. It's yeah, cumulative. Well, it's definitely a cumulative yeah, effort. Absolutely. Well, I definitely yeah. think running is because when I think about my first marathon, I, I had never really run consistently. Like I ran cross country, but then I did other sports. Like I never was always running. And when I did my first marathon, I hadn't, I think my longest long run was like maybe 12 miles at most. I didn't know anything about nutritionals. Uh, I don't think I knew anything about foam rolling or recovery or right. any of that kind of stuff. And my first marathon was miserable. Huh. Um, Go figure. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but now I kind of feel like I'm jumping into the New York City Marathon because it's not the preparation that I would have wanted to do. Right. But I still feel like I'm going to be okay because I have all of these years of consistent running. It really, running is years. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It is. It absolutely. And so that's what I'm banking on as we switch <laughs> to my running here for the New York City Marathon. I am basically had a worthless month of running, but I feel like the cumulative effect of what I did during the summer and before, I think I muscle my way through. Um, and you don't have the added pressure of having to break three, three hours. hours. But I think yeah. I can do it. I think I can <laughs> squeak under three. And if I squeak under three, I think you'll I just should be bang able that for to, next year. <laughs> no, no, no. I think I should <laughs> be. Yeah. I, I think I should be able to at least quiet all the doubters who say that that. Uh, that sub three marathon streak is not intact. Why? Because I go back to New York. I go back to New York. Listen, I go back to New York and I oh erase those demons. Yeah, but you needed to do that in 2006. <laughs> the, nobody <laughs> doubts that you can run a marathon under three yeah. hours. It was the principle of the fact that it was not actually done in the calendar year that it was supposed to be done. I want you guys to say, I've had a terrible last six weeks of training. <laughs> I want you guys to acknowledge if I break three hours at New York, this asterisk stuff is done. No, because we've already had the shirts printed. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it is over. I, I, no asterisks. Don't argue we with won't us even on talk. logic. We won't even. For some reason, that makes sense to me. I know, but but and it also made sense to Heather Hanscom not to wear socks right. in the Olympic trials. That's true. That was a bit of a botch, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm giving well, her a hard time. She yeah. still ran 2.31. She she would have beaten my best time had she not. Uh, oh, and that's really what really comes <laughs> down to. Yeah, exactly. Not that Olympic Yeah, spot. no, yeah. Well, Docs, how is your, how's your training going? I thought we already talked about it. So I think we're uh, done with this segment. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, he's going to, he's going to, we're going to sign him up. We'll see how he, uh, see how he does. But thanks to the good folks at ASICS for sponsoring our trip out there to the New York City Marathon. You'll be able to. See us out there running, and we'll we'll uh, tweet out where we're going to be afterwards on Sunday night, hanging out, and we'll have an info, uh, an impromptu uh, pace the nation get together 
with any of our uh, listeners who are running New York City Marathon. All right, so I mentioned at the top my trip to Lehigh to go see the Georgetown Hoyas cross-country team compete last weekend. Mm -hmm. I took James, who's four weeks old, uh, with me because Julie had to be on the bus. So I'm following the bus. Wait, you drove? I drove. With with the kid in the car? The kid in the car. Oh, dear. Hmm. Yeah. Drove, kind of following the bus. Uh, now, you know, she's... What do you think he means by kind of? Well, I mean, I, I, I was trying to dip and dive and get in, you know, through D.C. It was hard. You know, it was it was a rainy Friday. Wow, it sounds like you were playing dodgeball. <laughs> yeah, or Frogger. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I, I was able to, to get out of town, follow the bus for the most part. And so she's kind of breastfeeding, pumping milk, all these details that really don't matter or that I shouldn't bring up. But yes, but basically the kid needs to be fed. So yeah. I am responsible for this kid. It's raining. I'm trying to follow the bus. His food source is on the bus because right. she's, you know, the food source. Her, 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 her coaching, her coaching thing. Uh-huh. So uh, I learned a few things. Um here we go. You want to definitely, for those dads out there, you want to come with a m- bigger food supply than I had. I had about three ounces uh, going into uh, maybe maybe four ounces of milk. So you never know how long the trip's going to actually take because a three-and-a-half-hour trip out of D.C. could turn into six hours like it did. Mm-hmm. So that that was uh, uh, something that I learned. Uh-huh. Uh, you want to have formula ready mm-hmm. um, and, and make sure that you don't have to go and run on the bus and grab the formula. Uh, because uh, you want to make sure that you have that handy before uh, the the uh, the trip starts. Also, you want to map out the places where you stop uh, along the way, because you know what's key is those single room bathrooms where you can go in and they got the table that flips. The family, the family, family friendly yeah. bathroom. Yeah, mm-hmm. table flips down. Yeah, you can change the kid, put the mat down, change the kid. Yeah. Lock is, the door behind you. Farley has never had to be prepared for anything in his <laughs> life, so this is a real big change for this him. This was. This was. So, how do you, do you know where those stops? Like you're talking I do about now. like rest stops on a highway on 95. Yeah, up and down 95. I am going to map those out. That, uh, now that that is not a bad idea for like an app. Yeah, that's a great. Uh, that is a great idea. There's Ooh, the cut this out <laughs> and let's change gears. Yeah. Um, but I was just thinking tips for young dads. Uh, but that's a good I know, this idea. Is, this, this advice that you're giving right now is very specific <laughs> for like a very small group of, of people that probably don't listen to the show. That's probably Yeah, who are also following their wives on a bus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so for all you dads out there that just had a kid and your wife is the head coach at Georgetown University, yeah. uh, here's some advice for you. Find the family-friendly bathrooms. And I'll tell you, Starbucks has them. Subway has them. And there are a couple of rest stops that have them along the way. Uh-huh. But you don't want to go to those like huge welcome centers, mm-hmm. like the Delaware Memorial Welcome Center. It's a freaking zoo. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I did. I will say, mm-hmm. like, you think that people are going to care. You're the dad with the four, four oh, week old kid. Definitely no. not. Nobody cares. Do you care? No, no, I don't care. Do you care about some but other no, guy? No, <laughs> I don't care. No. But for some reason, in my mind, I was like, they're going to people are going to look at me sideways, thinking, well, what's that? dad doing he looks totally unequipped for this that well, kid probably um, did think that <laughs> yeah i'm calling child endangerment immediately well but, if that was such a thing then then that would be the phone call that they would call right. but, but child no, services no, child services yeah. but nobody nobody uh nobody really really cared 
Uh, and then I feel awful that when I'm in the bathroom for 15 minutes because I've got to negotiate the diaper and all this stuff, you know, that, that I felt like, wow, this is really rude because the, the, you know, the line is queuing up in the Starbucks or whatever, but people were really pretty understanding. Yeah. So those are my tips for you. For, um, for that one guy out there whose <laughs> wife is the head coach at Georgetown and you need, and he has to well, follow the Well, you bus. know, maybe there's dads out there who are driving their month old kid to, uh-huh. uh, to, to something. I don't know. Penn uh, State. Penn State. Rather than Lehigh? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Up and down 95, I don't know. But what's – so I, actually you said that you talked about it earlier. I think it was on the tweets to be honest. Oh, really? So this will be out of sequence for okay. everybody. But spoiler for the tweets as well, What? why Why couldn't you just ride the bus? Because James would cry too much as like uh, out of respect to the you team? You know, I think out of respect to the team. And yeah. To me, I mean, to me it just – it's not professional. Um, I think you're right. That's probably yeah. that's probably right. What do you think, Joanna? Yeah, I think that's all true. Yeah. I have, and this is for another whole episode, but I have realized there's definitely a double standard for it's harder for women. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. This, is, this is big news from from life lessons being learned right now. I mean, it is just harder for for a career woman like like a Joanna Russo, Joanna E. Russo, you know, who's someone who's who wants a career or has a career, man. It is a little tougher. <laughs> I'm so amazed that this comes to you now. <laughs> Anyways, uh, everybody lived. It was a good good trip. <laughs> everybody lived. It's a successful trip. <laughs> yeah. I like that that's still the bar. <laughs> the still bar, the bar is low. I'd like to know how many unsuccessful trips he's had. <laughs> <laughs> no, the kid's alive. So 100%, yeah. 100 out of 100 so far. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it, was a, it was a great trip. Uh, I will probably be making uh, some... More trips to the cross country meets, but um, I probably will may- be making a, a few adjustments beforehand, mm-hmm. and 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 I've learned some lessons. Good for you. <laughs> All right, this is Pace the Nation. Of course, it's sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area DC locations. Pacers Running is for every run. Maybe I'll take a trip up to Princeton soon. Um, bring the kid there. Uh, I kind of know the route, so I'll find those bathrooms along the way. Uh, we do have a store in Princeton, New Jersey, 7 Palmer Square. Uh, so uh, maybe on my next road trip, I'll let people know and me, you can meet me up there. All right, good show, guys. 75 in the books. Give me some gold. Give me some diamonds. <laughs> Thanks again to Heather Hanscom for joining us. Inspiring story uh, from Heather, 2003, Marine Corps Marathon champion. 237.59. We do have her trophy in the Clarendon store. So uh, if you want to go by the Clarendon store, Heather's been nice enough to let us store her trophy there. It's a cool trophy. So thanks again to Heather Hanscom for joining us here on Pace the Nation. All right, guys. Thanks to Joanny Russo, to William E. Docks, to Kelly, our intern, and to you, the listener. We will see you next week.
Maybe he is. You don't know what he's doing on the inside. If he's sabotaging them, he's doing a terrible job. It's a long con. They're a really good team. <laughs> it's a long con. <laughs> All right, a, I'll give him the benefit con? of the doubt. What's a long con? Do you know what a short con is? No. Do you know what you know what a con <laughs> artist seen, is? Have you ever seen The Sting? No. Oh, oh. come at The Sting! Come on. <laughs> All right. We won't. We don't. You don't know what a con artist is. I do know what a con artist is. I well, don't know what well, the phrase "the long con" is, though. It takes a long time. Oh, okay. I didn't know that was a phrase. You could have just said, maybe he's a con artist who's <laughs> doing it for the long, long period of time. I try to limit my characters. That's that's good. Point. Yeah, Joanna lives in a Twitterverse. <laughs> that's true. Oh, you millennials. I hope this is like the beginning of the Mike Mangan episode where we spend twenty minutes talking about Northern Virginia running. <laughs> yeah. It was a good segment. A lot of people told me that was good, so you have bad taste. <laughs> well, they were probably also from Northern Virginia. Nope. A lot of, like uh, your dad was somebody who said he enjoyed it? No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think what you're looking for is silver or <laughs> it's the silver anniversary or XXV. And yeah. she was like afterwards. Yeah, afterwards. I know. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Well, <laughs> yeah. I didn't follow right. track and field in 2000. When you were 10 years old, hey, you didn't. Right? I know that Roger Maris hit 61 home runs, and I wasn't alive in 1961. I know, but you like really like baseball. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 